The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, and welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie. Life is somehow harder when I'm home all the time. Yeah, tell me about it. Which is weird. You think it's like I have so much but yeah, it's like I have so much time to do stuff, but I'm not gonna do it because now I'm just really depressed a lot. Yeah, yeah, we've so been going I, through that here. So I do even less now, and it's awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still like doing normal things, like cleaning my kitchen every day. Yeah, I do that. Every, I like, mean, there's no avoiding that. Like, you can't cook without cleaning. I cook that. Yeah. I clean the fucking kitchen probably like three or four times a day now. It's yeah, stupid. we we clean it once a day. And then we're like, fuck it, we're doing it tomorrow because we cook again. And then we're like, we don't want to do it again. Yeah. Well, see, like, my, my kitchen's so tiny, I need to clean it every single time I make a meal because I'm cooking for two. And so, uh, it's a nightmare. But whatever. Getting through it. We're talking about celebrity crimes, but really, I feel like it's celebrity deaths. This year's about a celebrity who died. No, actually. He's, really? Okay. He's somebody who is involved in a crime, but he's not like your typical celebrity. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, well, mine, I kind of went down a few little rabbit holes of trying to figure out what kind of celebrity crime did I want to do. Now, the big one we all always want to talk about is murder. And I'm like, do I want to talk about something everyone has heard over and over again? Because all of the recent celebrities... They just, like, do drugs and go to jail for, like, you know, killing people with their cars on accident. Yeah. They don't, like... Or the Kesha crimes when she was, like, breaking into celebrities' houses and just stealing random shit. I actually didn't know about that. I knew she... Oh, really? Um, well, I did know that she um crashed Ferris Hilton's party and that her song, yeah. Party at a Rich Dude's House, is about the time she crashed the party at Paris Hilton's house because she got lost in the house. And was trying to find the bathroom and threw up in Paris Hilton's closet. Yeah, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about her other crimes. Like, I imagine most of her crimes are petty, but if she was literally, like, a burglar, that's different. So, she broke into Prince's house. I know that. And I can't... She didn't steal anything, like, super valuable. It's not like okay. she was after money, Define- but she was after, like... Define breaking into, like, she wore all black with her friends and snuck in through security, or, or, like, crashed a party and took an item. I heard she broke in. She just, like, straight up burglared him. Yeah. Wow. Um, but she took, it, it was nothing of value, and I don't think he ended up pressing charges, or it was, like, something really minimum or something, but she's the one who told the story. Like, it's one thing to crash a party and, like, steal something of no value, it's another to, like, break and enter and then steal something of no value. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would yeah, make me she... so uncomfortable. If someone crashed yeah, Or she might have gotten busted, actually. I cannot remember this story for shit. I should have looked this up. I forgot completely. Yeah. Kesha, Prince's home. Here we go. Kesha broke into Prince's home. Yeah. How Kesha broke into Prince's home. Let's find out. Okay. Before TikTok... Um, she was 27. She was a struggling musician. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. She was 27. Yeah. Okay. Kesha, I'm pretty sure, is currently 31. So mm-hmm. that's not that long ago. 
So this was during the whole rape charges and the label was holding her contract from her. No, it was before TikTok came out. But you said she was 27. That's she, what it says. TikTok That's what the article out. says. Tick, the song TikTok came out when she was like 27. Or maybe it's saying she's 27 now. She was not 27. She was younger well, I, than I'm that. saying I'm saying this article is saying she's or the 27-year-old. So maybe it's saying she's currently 27. She's currently 33. Well, this, this is not a new article. <laughs> this is from 2014. And she decided to sneak into Prince's house to drop off her demo. That's what it was. Um, she said it was so easy. She cruised up in her dead grandpa's car, got out, and then there was a gardener in the front yard. So she was just like, here's $5. Don't make a thing about it. I'm just going to slide right under this gate. And he just laughed and thought it was funny. <laughs> so she just snuck it under the fence. And walked to the unlocked door and then just put her her demo down. So she broke in to leave her demo. So it's she ran into Prince, too, as she was leaving. That makes <sighs> sense. And every single time you say TikTok, I just don't think of her song. I think of the app. Because the app is yeah. officially bigger than her song ever was. Debatable. Debatable? I don't... The yeah, I mean, I know worldwide. TikTok is pretty huge right now. It's the wasn't it's, TikTok worldwide? I thought that was a worldwide chopper. It's no, a topper. song, but here's the thing: TikTok is currently the number one used app right now. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I've downloaded. I downloaded it once and then uninstalled it. I think like the next day. That's upsetting because it's hilarious. I find yeah. I, I just know. look at the ones that get shared. I guess. Yeah, I love TikTok because it's like the new Vine, and I really miss Vine. Yeah, and there's a lot of just fun stuff that people do on it, and it's really fun. I'm sure there's plenty of TikTok crimes. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure there are. It reminds me of the Snapchat crimes. Do you remember when someone um, posted, like, dead bodies? Like, they killed someone and posted the bodies on Snapchat, and they, like, what? had to use Snapchat to log to find the person because the person didn't realize that Snapchat actually does log and save all of the deleted snaps because they thought that it would actually delete a hundred percent wow yeah like they didn't realize okay they didn't realize there was like a backlog somewhere that's crazy that the company had access to that's nuts it kind of reminds me of that guy last year who decapitated that the that the girl, the, the e-girl, that's what I thought you were talking about yeah, originally. the Instagram girl. You know what, we should do social media crimes another time. Yeah, for sure. Back to, uh, not Hollywood, but celebrity crimes, because I like the alliteration. Um, yeah. I did old Hollywood. Which is, I did too. Which is full of crimes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, this is like 80s, like oh, early 80s. no, mine is like silent film era. Oh, man, it's way like, back when. It's like the mob, 1935, like the Great Depression time. Damn. Because that was a huge time for crime. Yeah, no kidding. So, all right, well, is your topic, so um, you go first, unless you have anything more you want to add. Uh, no, I'm good, I think. Okay. I, um, I just, I heard, so I wanted to do celebrity crimes. Just because I think at the time when I thought about it, I was seeing, like, a shit ton of articles coming out. I mean, it was, like, Jeffrey Epstein and, uh, fuck, the, the one lady, the, like, group that was... Oh, the girl from Smallville? Doing college... 
fund bullshit. Oh, no. I thought you were about the girl from Smallville with the cult. No, but also her. Yeah. I mean, there's I, there was just so many that were popping up that I was just like, okay, uh, going to look into this then. Um, but then I started, I was listening to um, My Favorite Murder, actually. Oh, okay. Like, I haven't, I'm not going to lie, I don't think I've listened to that podcast since last year. Yeah? Yeah. They I, have a lot of new stuff. Yeah, I just sort of lost interest because they kept telling the same stories over and over again and they couldn't remember that they had already told those stories. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I was listening to them, and I was just like, this this shit is wild. Like, there's, I have to talk about this. Okay, um, what's the name? So, it's the Wonderland Murders, or Four on the Floor Murders. Have you heard about them? Mm-mm. Okay, so, what made this pretty huge is, it's also very shortly after the Sharon Tate murders. Like, the Charles Manson murders. Yeah, I, uh, okay. I got stuck between three different cases and just picked the one that I figured you would know nothing about. I mean, that's solid. That works. I'm glad you know nothing about this because going into it blind, it's a wild ride. So Wonderland was the name of a drug house. Uh, it was on Wonderland Avenue uh, above Sunset Strip, and it just hosted like a bunch of CD newcomers in L.A. Wait, so this is in the 80s? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, it's 70s and 80s. So the house on Wonderland Avenue was home to members of the Wonderland gang. They were the most successful distributors of cocaine in the 1970s in L.A., like in that area. So it housed hundreds of thousands of dollars in drugs. And also they sold arms, like guns and shit, too. Oh, my God. I literally envisioned arms. Oh no! Arms, and I, for whatever reason, was like, I'm sure that's an industry, like the black market. I saw yeah, arms, the Frankenstein, like, <laughs> oh god, now I have the worst images. Okay, <laughs> firearms. They sell, better. they sell firearms. Firearms. That's a better word for it. Yes. <laughs> um, so they were so huge. They basically cornered the mar- market. They had like a monopoly over it. Jesus. Okay, they are. Live in large before they serve some serious jail time, I'm sure. Yeah. So um, the property was officially leased in Joy Miller's name, but it was home to a rotating group of people. Joy was a longtime heroin user who had fallen in with a gang after separating from her wealthy husband in Beverly Hills life. So she was like super wealthy, married to this rich guy in Beverly Hills, and then that falls apart. And she's like, fuck it, I'm just going to do a shit ton of heroin and live in this drug house. Like you do. Just go. Well, she bought the house. So she kind of set it up. It was um, Joy Miller and her boyfriend, Billy DeVarrell. So it was her Um, own uh, crack house. Yeah, kind of. Like, she owned it, but she wasn't running it. You know. So it was her. Huh? That's got to be stressful to, like, own a crack den. Because you own it, it's your investment, but everyone who comes in probably trashes the fuck out of it. I don't know. In the 70s, maybe it was fancier? No. Like, I'm not, <laughs> for whatever reason, when I pictured the 70s California drug life, I pictured it as a little fancier than, like, the drug houses I would see in, like, Jacksonville, Florida. I literally think of Breaking Bad about that time Jesse was scared to be alone and leave the house, so he just had people come over 24-7 to do drugs, and they trash it that, and graffiti yeah. it, because it's a really nice house, and they absolutely demolish it, and that's what I envision. 
Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, maybe it was like that. We'll never know. But it was Joy, her boyfriend, Billy. He was second in command. Reports painted him later on as this, like, reluctant criminal. He was one that, like, got off the beaten track and, oh, um, the golden child. you know, regretted his choices. He I was don't just trust into this. We have done enough episodes where I just straight up don't trust people named Billy. <laughs> there have been so many people named Billy in the stories that we tell that I'm over Billy's entirely. I mean, Billy's got a bad rap. Billy's got a bad <laughs> rap. And you know what? I just, if your name's Billy, I don't fucking trust you. Looking at you, Eilish. Uh, Eilish. Um. I, didn't even, I didn't even think of her, but you know what? I, I feel like it's mostly like boy Billy's. Like mm-hmm. Billy with a Y. There's something about that name that's really aggressive. Billy. Like, you know, Bill. You know, what's Bill yeah. for? Robert? Billy? No, William. William. <laughs> Robert is not. It's Bob. <laughs> Robert. You know, Bill. <laughs> William. There's no B in William. Like, I know. It makes no sense. There's no. They're just like, it's like somebody typoed Will one day and they're just like, oh, fuck it. This is a thing now. It's kind of how I feel. I feel like I'm convinced Bob came from a little kid who was supposed to be named Rob and couldn't say it. Bob. <laughs> and, back, Bob. and they were like, look, it's Bob. And look, then it's then so it cute. We're going to make up. that a thing. We can do that. Yeah. So it's Joy, her boyfriend, Billy, who's like, he got pulled into this life. Oh, um, against his will, I'm sure. Yeah, he had no choice to join the crack den of his girlfriend. Right. (laughs) So he was second in command to someone who is known as the Wonderland King, and his name was Ron Lanius. He was told to be like cold as ice. Like he was just a hardcore, like this is my house, even though it's not my house kind of guy. But here's what made him famous. Are you ready for this shit? I'm. Wait, I set my glass down. Now I'm ready. Okay, let me finish my glass of wine before I finish the sentence, because goddamn. He made a name for himself. During the Vietnam War, he was dishonorably discharged. That normally wouldn't be so big of a deal, except the reason he was dishonorably discharged is because he was smuggling drugs back in the bodies of dead servicemen. Took dead bodies, stuffed them full of drugs, and got them to the U.S. from Vietnam. So here's the thing. That very recently, I learned of a very horrific way that people smuggle drugs in the countries, and mm-hmm. this is a better way to do it. Pick something really? that's already dead. Yep, apparently, and this is an animal abuse alert, but people stuff live oh, animals with drugs yeah. in hopes of getting them across the border, and they don't care if the animal dies at the end of it. Like, they probably kill As long it. as they get the drug. They probably yeah. kill the animal by the end of it, but it just, like, hurt my soul to mm-hmm. hear that. And I'm just like, fuck, well, at least the bodies are already fucking dead. What I want to know is how did he get access to the bodies once they arrived? I don't... I'm not really... Well, that he sounds, was in the war. So no. he was in the war. He would take the dead bodies and he would stuff them full of drugs. Right, but they're going to take those dead bodies and ship them... Yeah, I don't know how that part works. To... Go to a burial for a memorial for their loved ones. So my guess is he had like an insider. That's That's what I think. That's the only way I can view that working is if there's other people very clearly being like, hell yeah, I'll get in on this. Yeah, there had to, that had to be it. Um, Hang on, I gotta re-up on my one situation. 
So, right, smuggling bodies, that's where we were. So not not just smuggling bodies, smuggling, smuggling bodies drugs with drugs in them. Right. Um, it's a victimless so, crime. <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, so Ron had already spent time in jail for smuggling uh, and only narrowly escaped life imprisonment for murder when the prosecution's star witness was killed in an accident. I'm accident. sorry. This guy just loves to live on right on the edge. Yeah, so not only is he accused of smuggling, well, I mean, he's guilty of smuggling, but also accused of murder, nice. um, and he was also a person of interest in two dozen other homicides, so he's a bad dude. He sucks, is what it sounds like. Yeah, um, he had a wife, her name was Susan, and she also lived in the Wonderland house, so the four of them kind of make up the main four of... The Wonderland gang. Like, it's, they have a ton of people who work under them, but those are, like, the originals. It's really hard to imagine a drug addict named Susan. Yeah. Like, Susan. Susan sounds like I a don't businesswoman know. who has got it together. Susan sounds like she's head of PTA. Susan sounds like maybe when she was younger, she went by Susie, and everyone thought she was annoying because she was a teacher's pet. Yeah. It's just hard to imagine a Susan. Like, Joy makes sense. It's kind of like that hippie-ish Joy, name. I'm Joy. But I'm Joy. It's just a joy to be around me and to be around you. And just, it's great. I can't um, say the name Susan without being like, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, of Cynthia's, Cynthia, Angelica's mom from Rugrats. I know her name isn't Susan, but that's what I think of. It's going to come to me. It's something like, it's not Christina, it's not Margaret. Oh my god, I'm going to look that up, because that's actually bothering me. Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, So we got Susan, Ron, Joy, and Billy. Those are our main four. Um, And then they got people underneath them. One among them was uh, John Holmes. Mm -hmm. So... John Holmes is our celebrity of the hour. John Holmes. Uh, what is John, John Holmes Hol- famous for? Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> so John Holmes uh, is probably the most recognizable name because he was somebody that was discovered in a bathroom by an adult magazine photographer by looking over, seeing how large his penis was, and being like, I need you in my magazine. Um, wait, so wait, he went- <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What the fuck did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so John Holmes is a famous porn star. He became famous because one day he was in the bathroom and somebody saw his dick and was like, you need to be in my magazine. What magazine? Playgirl? Yeah, he was like an adult magazine writer. (gasps) So he just looked over and was like, whoa, do you be in my magazine? Sorry, I just, I tried to Google him to see what his face looked like, and instead I and accidentally just got a big old picture of his dick. <laughs> yeah. he is not an attractive man. Throwing yeah. that out there. He is not a good looking dude. <laughs> no, it was literally just a size thing. I think it was like 13 inches or something ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> that was how he became famous. If I was uh, casting for porn... Like, yeah, I'd just be like, buddy, buckaroo. Wait, yeah. 13 inches? There's no way it was 13 inches because he would literally pass out 
every time he got hard. It's uh, it's something ridiculous. I'm really trying to look at the actual um <laughs> without actual the images cuz I'm really curious. Have you I mean I'm assuming you've seen the images. I have. I just <laughs> accidentally saw the images. Yeah, chip to penis size. Here we go. There's no measurement or documentation verifying the exact size. Bullshit. But it was 13 and a half inches. No way, really? Yeah, that's what it says. How do you... All right. Okay, so there's like separate accounts. One of them, it's between 10 to 13. It's insane. That is insane. That's terrifying. I feel like if I was a dude at a urinal and I just saw someone pull out an entire foot out of their pants... Yeah, yeah. I feel like I would notice that and be like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, like that's, it's Do you much. feed it? Do you take it on walks? Like, what is that? <laughs> Put a leash on that thing. <laughs> no, this guy, this guy was so famous too. Like, I, my mom, <laughs> I was talking to her and I was telling her what I was about to cover on this podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, it's this guy, John Holmes. And she was like, oh, I know John Holmes. So I was like, how the fuck do you know? And she's like, I literally only know him by reputation. But, like, anybody who's my age would know who he is. Like, I, that that's how famous this guy was. <laughs> yeah, it led to a very awkward conversation where my mom was just like, I don't like porn. But anyway, I don't like porn, but I know what his dick's like. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's neither here nor there. But um, anyway, he was uh, a famous porn star, and on top of that, he was a guest and huge mooch of the Wonderland gang. So he would just hang out, go to their parties, and just, like, use all their drugs and take their drugs and be like, oh, yeah, pay later kind of thing, and then didn't. Um, But that wasn't the only source of his drug intake. Um, He had another powerful friend. Uh, who's named Eddie Nash. He started off running a hot dog stand. Um, he moved from, I was it was Portugal. I forgot to write it down. But he moved from to America, started off running a hot dog stand, and then ended up running several nightclubs and restaurants in Los Angeles. Hmm. So he was one of the wealthiest and most powerful drug kingpins of Hollywood. He was also a huge drug abuser on top of it, because, of course, he was. It was the 70s. Um Eddie called Holmes his brother around guests and loved showing him off because he was this famous porn star with a huge stick. Um, And he was also just really hospitable, apparently, when it came to his friends. He would give his friends anything they wanted because, I mean, he was rolling in money and rolling in drugs. He was just like, here, fucking have it. Um, But Holmes was one of the few people that wore out his welcome. Um. Holmes needed money to support his uh, drug habits once his career began to fail. And so he became a delivery boy alternating between the Wonderland gang and Nash. So he was, Nash was buying um, guns and drugs from Wonderland gang and vice versa. And he was just like their middleman. Um, He also, Holmes also forced his girlfriend into working the streets to get him money, which is just another side note. Which is Uh, so fucked up. I'm sorry, your pornography career is failing? Yeah. Like, his whole relationship situation was very strange, because when he, before he got famous, he had a wife, right? 
And then after he got famous and started doing a bunch of porn, she was like, I still love you, but I refuse to sleep with you because you're sleeping with so many people having so much unprotected sex. I'm not even interested in that anymore. I'll stick with you because I love you, but that's it. And so he had his wife and then he also had like a few girlfriends. Um, one of which, by the way, was like 15 or 16 years old. Ew. Like, yeah, it was gross. 70s, like, man. Polyamory is whatever, but like, you know, 16. Yeah, stick to your age group. Yeah, it's icky. Um, so he was indebted to Eddie Nash, um, who had bailed him out for an arrest. And he was also deep in debt with the Wonderland gang for all of his drug use and mooching and all that bullshit. So on June 29th, four members of the Wonderland gang robbed the home of Eddie Nash. Um, it was Roy and Billy disguised as police officers. Fucking and, Billy, uh, I told you. Yeah. Um, they led some fellow gang members uh, into Eddie's home. And once they were inside, they acted as if they were police. Uh, they ran into Gregory Dials, who is Nash's 300-pound bodyguard. Um, he was bringing stuff to Nash's room, which is why they ran into him, which they weren't planning on. Um, they were caught off guard, and they were able to handcuff him because they were posing as cops. But because they had no idea what the fuck they were doing, a gun went off in the process and grazed the bodyguard. So Nash, who sees, who's seeing all this, is, like, scared for his life, thinking that, like, these cops are dirty and are going to kill him and are threatening him and all this stuff. He's pr- asked to pray for his children. He asked to pray for his children, um, but they refused. Uh, they refused didn't to pray. kill him. Yeah, they didn't kill him. They just robbed him silly. Um, so they made off with 300 thousand dollars in stolen cash drugs and jewelry and weapons which in this day and age translates to about 1.2 million yeah that's what it basically translates to so it was a lot of money that they yeah, stole Jesus, <laughs> a lot of shit Jesus, um, were, they, were they wheeling it out in carts like what the right? fuck <laughs> they they even stole weapons that the wonderland gang had sold to him so the gang members were just Stealing back their own shit. So they're just getting, yeah. Yeah. That's so dumb. I know. It's like, they're um, like, oh, can you go get my, like, gun in there while you're in there? Like, thanks. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I sold him this necklace. Can you We're going to steal it back and sell it back to him. We're <laughs> sell it again, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I heard you lost this gun. Here it is again. Nash, like, immediately started pointing fingers at people, people that had been in home the day... Uh, the day of the crime and the top of his list was John Holmes Um, he had returned to that house three separate times just that morning um, to he was just making up excuses as to why he needed to be there but basically they suspect that the reason that he came there three separate times was to make sure that the patio door was open so the gang members could get in well he's (laughs) also the fucking dumbass who has a 12 inch penis and can't figure out how to keep a thriving porn career. Yeah, I don't really... He, well, he was just wasting it on drugs, you know? Yeah, and he's also so much of a scumbag that he forces his girlfriend to be a prostitute so he can have money. To get more drugs. 
the fuck? and being an asshole in yeah, general. I think. But also, <laughs> it's like there's got to be a term worse than asshole. Fucking turd um, burglar. Turd burglar. That's what it is. So Eddie claimed that. Oh, sorry. A friend of Eddie claimed that he had been so convinced that Holmes was, in, Holmes was involved that he had made his injured bodyguard track him down and beat the shit out of him until he told him who did it. Dang. Um, yeah. Determined bodyguard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to cross this guy, especially because he was super pissed off. Like, this friend said that he was just livid because I don't even think it was so much the money because he had a shit ton of money and he could keep getting money. He owned a shit ton of places and endless resources at the time. But I think it was more so that he was humiliated. Yeah. And, you know, he was down on his knees, like, begging for his life and thought he was, like, done for. Only to find out that it's these, like, dumbasses who are being led in there by his friend that he treated as a brother for so long. Yeah, He's but just like, people are killed by dumbasses all the time. I'm sure it's possible one of them could have snapped and just in cold blood killed everyone in the fucking house. Like, yeah. you never fucking know when someone is pointing a gun at you. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Yeah. Well, so he was, but he was just livid about it. And so his bodyguard tracks down home and beats the shit out of him until he finally confesses it was the Wonderland gang and tells him exactly, like, the names of the people who are involved. Um, so two days later is where our story gets a little bit more intense. Okay. So 4 p.m. on July 1st, uh, police received a panic phone call from a pair of furniture mo- uh, furniture movers. Uh, they'd been working at the house next door, to the Wonderland house, and they had heard desperate, pained moans coming from inside. So they just hear all this moaning, and they have no idea what to think. They call the cops. When they get there, they discover the body of Barbara Butterfly Richardson, David Lynn. Barbara Butterfly. Barbara Butterfly. Um, It was David Lynn's girlfriend. David Lynn is somebody who participated in the robbing of Eddie Nash. But his girlfriend, they find her lying on the ground near the couch where she had been sleeping, covered in blood. Um, Joy Miller was found dead in her bed, while Billy was slumped at the foot, leaning against the TV stand. A bloody hammer was tangled up in their sheets, and several metal pipes littered the floor. So they had been beaten to death with pipes and a hammer. Um, it was not like they come in and they shoot them. They, like, tortured these people, basically. It was not a clean death. Wait, how uh, many people? So, so far we have fly. three. Yeah, we have Barbara. Uh, oh, sorry. No, we have, yeah, three so far. So, it's Barbara. She was found on the couch. Yeah. Covered in blood. Joy was dead in her bed. And Billy, her boyfriend, was slumped at the foot. So, that's three so far. Oh, my God. And they were beaten yeah. with hammers and pipes? Yeah. Fuck. And these people have guns. It's so excessive. Yeah. No, they, they didn't want them to just die. They wanted them to suffer. Um, in the oh. neighboring bedroom, Ron, the kingpin, he was dead. Um, he was bloodied and beaten beyond recognition. Like, they couldn't even really identify him um, because he was beaten so badly. And perhaps the worst thing, 
or the most most horrifying sight the the cops say it's the worst thing they've seen um ron's wife susan that we never thought would ever be a drug addict she was found covered in blood on the floor next to the bed but hell and she uh sorry she was found next to the bed where her dead husband was and her skull was bashed in but she was alive <gasps> oh yeah. no so the moans that the moving company was hearing they were her. her yeah her skull was literally bashed in and she was still alive oh no yeah i hope she died uh, shortly after no, she survived, actually. Wait, is uh, her head all fucked up? Like, is it misshapen? So, I haven't seen a picture of her. There are pictures of her, which I'll get to. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't make it that far. So, she survived the attack and made a full recovery, but she had so much brain damage that it left her with permanent amnesia, and she was unable to recall anything from that night say that's not a full recovery (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not a full recovery but i mean she's alive as well maybe her (laughs) vitals recovered but uh yeah yeah permanent amnesia like when you say amnesia everything that happened before the attack or amnesia of the attack or like goldfish anything from that night because like you can't remember anything from that night or that day i feel like most people would become a vegetable after an attack like that yeah, like that's so crazy. the fact that she, the fact that it was only amnesia is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's a really good recovery. But I mean, and who knows if that's well, she legit probably either. doesn't want to remember it. That's what I'm saying. It's like maybe she doesn't want to remember it, or she's saying she doesn't, um, because she doesn't want to like get involved anymore. I would with want the situation to, I would be happened. scared of them coming back and like exactly the job. Yeah, because if they knew, if you were the only survivor, and they found out, and you were going to talk to the cops, like, they would probably get rid of you. So it might be Mm -hmm. the smart idea to say, I don't remember shit that happened, and just walk away. So I don't know. It could have been either. (laughs) They're they're saying she did have brain damage, so who knows. So the police searched the home uh, and interviewed neighbors. They had heard the screams, uh, like, around 3 a.m., but because of the house because it was the Wonderland gang and because they were throwing parties all the time. And that's just kind of the place that it was. They didn't think anything of it. They're just like, Oh, it's just those gang members getting rowdy again. Can't really blame them for if that's something that you hear all the time. With that people are dead and their heads are bashed in. No, no, no. That like that you hear screaming, but you hear screaming in that house all the time. Screaming. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. From like the actual beatings. So Susan, because of this, because the neighbors didn't report it, and the only and uh, it wasn't until like what did I say, one p.m. the next day? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, four p.m. It wasn't until four p.m. the next day that the police found out Susan had been laying there on the floor alive with her skull broken for twelve hours, like over twelve hours. Susan, no. Do you think yeah. she was awake the whole time? I mean, she was probably moaning that whole time. I, I don't know. Maybe she was in and out of it. I, I would hope you weren't, a, a, like, awake and aware <laughs> for time. full 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like your brain would shut down after a while just to protect you, you know? Yeah, that self-induced amnesia or whatever. So the police searched the whole house. While they were searching, they found a bloody handprint on the headboard uh, above Ron. 
Um, and that handprint belonged to John Holmes. Um, so he was arrested and charged for four counts of murder. The prosecution argued that he had retaliated against the Wonderland gang after feeling slighted by the division of spoils from the Nash robbery. Like, so he didn't get his get portion in that out. reason. Are you fucking with me? For killing wow. them. So, <sighs> what? That wasn't convincing. Like, that that didn't fly. Um, it just wasn't a likely story. Um, like, the jury and the public alike didn't believe that that was it and that he had set this up. They thought that maybe he was caught in the crossfire. So the general consensus about what happened is um, he got busted by the bodyguard and then Eddie Nash and this bodyguard um, basically forced him to take part in it as like an extra part of his punishment. Like not only are we going to kill all your friends, you're going to help us. Is the case unsolved? Well, not quite. Uh, so they thought he was caught in the crossfire. People, people thought that he was bribed with drugs by the Wonderland gang to unlatch the Nash hideout door. Um, Holmes had made himself a target for Nash, who believed it was a Wonderland accomplice, which is, like, pretty much true. Um, and so then, uh, they also argued that Nash's men beat Holmes until he agreed to let them into the Wonderland house. Um, the consensus on how that happened is that John showed up with the bodyguard and another person who I guess were far back enough that they weren't recognizable. But since it was John Holmes, he was able to talk his way into the house and all three of them got in and just beat the ever living shit out of these people and killed them. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. Were they convicted for it? Yeah. So they tried him. For the murders based on his bloody handprint. This is 81 now. Um, But in true 80s, early 80s, late 70s form, uh, he was acquitted of the charges. Yeah, he refused to give any evidence during the trial, though. Um, And because of that, he ended up serving eight months for contempt of court. So he he refused to cooperate, so they just gave him eight months? Yeah. If I was part of any major crime, I would always refuse to cooperate. That's like minimum sentence. Are you kidding me? I mean, and also consider the times. Like, people were getting away with so much shit back then. That's, oh, what a time to be a fucking criminal. Like, no wonder mobsters were such a fucking problem in the 20s and 30s. Like, they got away with everything. Yeah. But anyway, John Holmes ended up later, like, seven years after this, he ended up dying from complications of AIDS. Yeah, well, fuck him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like a little happy ending i guess like fuck off you asshole like yeah honestly his wife i guess was right to stop sleeping with him due to uh, unprotected sex mm-hmm. so after they're done with holmes they suspected that eddie nash had murdered the gang for revenge um so the police questioned and eventually arrested uh eddie nash he was charged with planning the murders but he was saved by a hung jury because just one juror stood between Nash and a guilty hung verdict. hung jury. Yeah. Ha ha! Okay, sorry. Nash walked free until 2000. Uh, he was charged with drug trafficking and money laundering. And as part of the plea deal, he admitted to having bribed the single juror um, in, the, in the original trial. So 
he got a lesser sentence because he admitted, yeah, I bribed someone to not get a guilty verdict back then. Um, he also confessed to commanding his men to repossess the stolen items in the Winterland house on the night of the slayings, but he never admitted to ordering the murders. So he spent 36 months in jail. Did they get the items the night of the murder? Yeah, they uh, stole that But I don't know who killed them. I just happened to tell them to retrieve Yeah, it was like, the I told items. them to go get it, but I didn't tell them to kill them in the most brutal way imaginable. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so he was sentenced to 36 months, but he actually got released early because of his health reasons. Here's the thing, though. If you're put in a situation where it's either kill or be killed, like, you're going to help us kill the people in this house or we're gonna brutally kill you yeah i feel like most people are gonna pick okay i'll help you kill everyone in the house if you don't kill me like if that's the bargain you're given mm-hmm. by psycho murderers with hammers and pipes i imagine that he probably like witnessed one of the murders first before they made him participate i feel like they're gonna come after him and he was like whoa 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 y'all I can just help and be part of it, and I'm just as guilty as you. Well, see, they needed him to get into the house. So I feel like mm-hmm. they, like, led him in there, and they sh- they probably beat the first girl that was, like, at the front of the house and then was like, this is going to happen to you unless you help us with the rest of this. That's what I imagine anyway. Um, okay. But there's a movie about it. What? Um, yeah. There's a movie, has Val Kilmer in it, and um, Phoebe from Friends. Um, it's Wait. called The Wonderland Gang. Oh, it's just Or called- no, it's called Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah, so it's called Wonderland, has some famous people in it. I really want to see it, because this crime is just so crazy to me. Um, what is her name? They also took a lot of... Lisa Kudrow. Um, yeah. Um, they also... Boogie Nights took... <laughs> some of this information and added it into boogie nights yeah so like the porn star thing is in it and stuff um and here's a kicker that i was just gonna wait to the end to tell you so all those brutal things i just told you Mm -hmm. all of it's on video the police yeah (gasps) because they have surveillance well no 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 it wasn't the video of the actual killings it's police walking through the home and looking at the aftermath (gasps) with all the bodies still there why though yeah and it's on youtube so what when i tell you yeah so when i tell you i didn't see susan because i didn't make it there it's because i watched the beginning of this video and i was like i got to the first dead body and i noped out i didn't know you could legally put that on youtube like actually it's a police video yeah but like yeah it's just but I have the link for it and everything. Um, I'm, there's tons I'm, of pictures. You're morbidly curious like I was. Yeah, well, I'm morbidly curious in the same way. I never showed you the photos because remember last summer when I'd come back from L.A. and I went to the Museum of Death? Yeah. Um, there was – it's on my laptop. I don't think I have it on my PC. But there are these photos I found – online that I saw in the museum, because you're not allowed to take photos in the museum. Mm-hmm. There was this couple who I think, I want to say it was the late 70s, because why the fuck wouldn't it have been the late 70s? Yeah. Um, a couple murdered this girl's, like, 
boyfriend. I say boyfriend very loosely. And then they went on a drug binge with his dead body for a week and, like, mutilated the body and, like, took cutesy pictures with parts of his body, including his head. And they, like, cut off his foot and put his own foot in his mouth and did, and, like, they cut off his dick and put his dick in his mouth. And they, like, have, Jesus. and, like, the guy's decapitated, so it's all, like, a severed head, and the couple's completely naked when they do that, so, like, <clears throat> and the girl who did it is a super cute girl who's just posing with, like, this decapitated head like it's a flower, like. Wow. And it's really jarring to look at. And I can't remember which episode I talked about this. No, it's not illegal? Okay, well, I have these photos, but I'm scared to share them just because they are that graphic. Yeah. That I don't want to, like, upset people. Yeah, that's kind of where I was with this. Like, I I took the link just in case, but I feel like it's it's very graphic. Yeah, and so I mean, these it's, photos... It's still, like, 70s video, but, like... Yeah, and so these photos I have on my laptop... I feel really bad. I put it in, like, a hidden folder because, uh, unfortunately, Zach, who does not deal well with graphic anything, accidentally saw, like, one and, like, flipped out. Oh, boy. Because he looked at my laptop and just saw, like, a little preview of it. And I was like, I'm really sorry. And he's like, I'm really upset, you know. You have something yeah. like that on your computer. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's from this museum I saw. It's just a wild <laughs> thing. It's crazy to see. It was just, uh, but um, the place where I found the photos, which weren't super easy to find. I think the killer's name was Berkowitz, but it wasn't Son of Sam. It was someone with a similar name. It was not <laughs> Son of Sam, who I, I know is also named Berkowitz. He was the guy who, like, actually did the killing, and then the girl just, you know, helped mutilate the body and did drugs and took pictures with it. It's so unsettling. Gosh. And upsetting. But, (laughs) so, no, I get it when you're, like, it's, like, I want to see the video, but it's, like, do Yeah, like, I... (laughs) It's, like, do I I want to see the video? It's just, like, this can't be real, you know? And uh, it's, it's very real. It's crazy. I got stuck on an unsolved track because I love two things, survivor stories and unsolved. Really? You like the unsolved ones? I have a lot of fun drawing to the conclusions myself. Mm -hmm, I guess being a crazy bitch, I love drawing conclusions. I don't know. (laughs) That was supposed to be a joke, but. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, yeah. Crazy bitches love jumping to conclusions. It's like a hobby. So, <laughs> so um, also, I feel like there's a lot of unsolved crime in the celebrity world because yeah. so much is covered up that they don't want things to get out. Yeah, absolutely. So the top three, well, the top two I first thought of before getting to the story I am actually going to go into detail was Natalie Wood. Which I feel like I have just bored you to death with the details of because I've talked about it so much. And, like, I've looked so into that murder. That murder fucking, like, it's a fucking murder, not accident. I'm sorry. That woman did not drown naturally. I mean, she drowned, but, like, she was shoved into the water and beaten beforehand. Right, right. Um, 
Um, the other story I kind of want to talk about, but side not to, is John Benet Ramsey. Because I'm not fully convinced John Benet Ramsey was a celebrity before her death. I mean, in the pageant scene. <laughs> yeah, but not like a real celebrity. You know? I, yeah. I feel like her celebrity status, unfortunately, is came from to, her death. Came from her death, which is fucked up. But also, I, f- I found some things about that case that is really interesting about, like, I mean, so you know the basics of that was that her body was found in the parents' basement eight hours after they found a ransom note in their house. So, like, at 5 a.m., the mom discovers a ransom note on the stairs in their house. And the scary part about that, if it is intruders, here's the terrifying part. The note was written on a notepad in the house with their own pen. Everything came from inside the house. And the girl was killed in the house and left in the basement. The dad discovered the body in the basement. But they did find male DNA on her that they were never able to identify because it didn't belong to anyone else in the family. Hmm. And that's, like, terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the ransom note was bizarrely hyper-specific. The note was asking for a ransom of, like... It was, like, a very specific number, like $18,000 or $118,000. And they were like, we have your daughter. Uh, We're going to behead her if you don't send us this money, this very specific amount of money. And the reason why the very specific amount of money I think is important is because the father, shortly before this happened, received a bonus of that exact amount of money Mm. at his job. So it seems like whoever left the ransom note knew exactly how much his bonus was at his job. Right. And the weird part was is that she wasn't beheaded, even though the note threatened she was going to be beheaded. She was strangled. So it's just weird all around. But the story I've decided to actually tell you about is Selma Todd. Have you ever heard of her? No. She's a very famous silent film actress who... She was one of those actresses who, like, died in their prime. Yeah. Honestly, we don't fucking care about the silent film era as a culture. (laughs) Yeah. The only people we know from the silent film era is Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. (laughs) And, uh, like, the Marx Brothers and uh, Bela Lugosi. Only because goth kids. He played Dracula in the silent film Dracula. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I was like about a, to be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, goth kids all know who Bella Lugosi is. <laughs> but anyways, Thelma Todd was just really big at the time, but we don't know who she is anymore. So I'm gonna, I'm just going to go right into it. Um, the reason why I chose this one over the other two stories is because, kind of like Natalie Wood, unlike John Benet Ramsey, I do believe... Someone famous killed her. So I believe that it's a celebrity crime in the sense that a celebrity committed this crime. It's just, okay. it's just an unsolved case. Because everyone in this story was famous during this time. We just don't currently know them. Okay. Um. So she was born in Massachusetts in 1906. Thelma Todd grew up. She grew up to go to school to study to be a teacher but did some modeling and pageants on the side. 
And in 1925, she won Miss Massachusetts, and Paramount Pictures noticed her through that. They signed her onto a one-year contract, but it had a clause on it. And this is really fucked up. This just tells you how fucked up the movie industry has always been. So mm-hmm. Paramount is like, oh, this beautiful, intelligent woman won Miss Massachusetts. Like, we want to pull her on to be an entertainer. And the tiny print on her contract noted her current weight upon signing the contract, which was 122 pounds. Okay. And mind you, let's see, if she was born 1906 and won Miss Massachusetts in 1925, she was 19 years old. If I did my math right in my head, right? Uh-huh. She's 19 years old. She was 122 pounds at the time. And in the contract, Paramount wrote, if she gained more than three pounds or lost more than six pounds, they would immediately drop her. Wow. No matter what, is what her very first contract said. I really fucking hope contracts don't look like that anymore. <laughs> uh, depending on who you're working with, No. But you would be terrified at how many people don't read the fine print and sign on to some bullshit. I bet you it's not there for men either. Because let me tell you something. I've been watching Westworld and, um, what is it? Not Liam Hemsworth. Luke Hemsworth. He's the bodyguard yeah. on Westworld, you know. He gained um, some weight and no one noticed. He no gained a lot noticed. of weight. Yeah. It's very noticeable he gained a lot of weight. But, like... Nobody's saying shit because he's a dude. (laughs) I feel like for superhero films, though, that's got to be in their contracts because those dudes go through hell to get their body. I mean, uh, who was was the one guy? Um, Like, I'm not going to say this. From from the guy from Harold and Kumar. You know what I'm talking about? Which one? (laughs) Harold Um, or Kumar? (laughs) Wait, it wasn't. Was it this guy? I thought it was. I thought they said it was this guy. No, no, no. He was from um, Silicon Valley. If you saw him, you would be like, "Oh yeah." I'm um, sure I did. Was he like the? Is he the white guy with the curly hair? No, he's Indian. Oh, I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. I so do. he got super buff, like incredibly buff. Yeah. And made an Instagram post about it because it was for a superhero movie. And um, he was just like, there's no way this would have been possible without all these trainers and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it has to be in the contract probably somewhere that, like... That has to be in the contract. You have to look a certain way. Absolutely. When you play a character, that's one thing I thought was hilarious about the movies Twilight, which Twilight, in general, is just hilarious in its existence because it's <laughs> a horrific... I was about to say trilogy, but it's more than that. I don't know how many movies, but, like... It's, I th- thought it was a trilogy, right? No. There's, like, part one and part two and part three. Oh, right, whatever. right. Because they, no, they took the third movie and broke it up. I forgot about that. Or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all I know is that Robert... I almost said Robert Sheehan. It's not Robert Sheehan. Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> their fucking names. Robert Pattinson... I remember it being reported that he didn't have a six-pack. They had to use a makeup team to contour his body to make it look like he had a six-pack for the film. Right. 
And the kid who played Jacob, like, worked out super hardcore because this this series was going to, like, make or break his career. Robert Pattinson was going to have a movie career regardless yeah. of his performance in those movies, honestly. And that just always kind of cracked me up that he was like, I don't fucking care. It's It's one of those things where the first movie, you don't have to see him shirtless, but you know they made him sign on for the full series, so he is contractually bound to the film, meaning, mm-hmm. like, they can't get rid of him and he can't drop it, so he's just like, I'm not gonna work out. Y'all can paint these abs on if you want. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it was that important to you. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Whereas, like, the werewolf kid, I guess, is naked all the time, so he's just always shirtless yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> it just always kind of made me laugh. But, um, which sucks, because I don't think werewolf kid, like, ha- has a werewolf career anymore. Kid. I forgot his name. Taylor Laurent. Taylor Laurent? Why do I know this? <laughs> Taylor Laurent, werewolf guy, Twilight. Yeah, does I it, just do I do remember Taylor Swift dated him, and it was like Taylor and Taylor. <laughs> oh yeah, Taylor Swift dated him. Yeah, was it okay? I know we're stupid sidetracked at this point, but who fucking cares? Did it? Um, she have a song about him, the December song, wasn't yeah. that about him? Yeah. Back to December <laughs> about how she like actively screwed him over and was like, I'm sorry. Like, shit, my bad. Like, my bad, you were actually really nice. You were actually super nice. And I, like, I super up. suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wish I could go back, but, like, oh, well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, anyways, uh, yeah. So she had this fucked up contract, and it led to her becoming addicted to diet pills, which is interesting to me because they also th- said they would drop her if she lost six pounds, which is interesting. They're like, we need you to be exactly as you are now, but if you're emaciated, we still don't want you because emaciated bodies weren't attractive at the time. Isn't it that it was emaciated or that they would get in trouble? I feel like they were protecting They would their own not houses. get in trouble. It is the 20s, Kelly. And the film industry is brand new, and there aren't unions yet, I don't think. Mm. Meaning, I don't think any of these people are protected. Right. So, I, like, when I look at, because I mean, look, look at Marilyn Monroe, like, she was not stick thin. She wasn't twiggy. Like she, she was curvy. That was part of her appeal. Right. So I'm feeling like they wanted to keep her exactly as she was because I think back then... Because that was a good look for her. I don't think they viewed stick thin as attractive at the time. Um, I don't know too much about my 20s fashion history, but I believe the whole flat-chested stick thin trend was... Uh, like a feminist style because men didn't find it as attractive. Yeah, flappers did it. Yeah, they were trying to hide the curves of their or lack thereof of their body for fashion because they liked it, not because men liked it. It was like I'm right. doing something for me, not you. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Like I wear what I want. And that's why I think they added that if she loses more than six pounds, they would be like, no. Right. Um, But anyways, luckily, though, this clause was only relevant to the beginning of her career, as 
as she became more successful, she had her contracts take that out later on. And this woman is actually really cool, which is why I'm really sad I didn't know who she was earlier. So for the next decade, she made a name for herself as a comedic actress starring in a lot of films. So, and she worked with a lot of famous people, not Charlie Chaplin, but she worked with, like, the Marx Brothers and, like, Zazu, what's her face? Just a lot of really famous comedic actors at the time. She kind of was a huge part in redefining what a dumb blonde was, and she always played very, like, independent female roles. She specifically wanted to be viewed as, like, an independent person, not someone who had to be tied to a wealthy man or married or, like, a damsel in distress in any way. Uh, In her personal life, from 1932 to 1934, she was married to an agent, an acting agent named Pat, fuck, how do I say his name? DeSico? DeSico? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say DeSico. Despacho! I'm going to say DeSico because that's how it looks to me. She actually ended up divorcing him after only two years of marriage for, quote-unquote, grievous mental and physical suffering. Oh. Yeah, which tells me he was abusive. And I like that she divorced him because divorcing during that time is, like, very uncommon. But she was like, fuck that, I do what I want. And she was actually also very vocal and open about the fact that many casting directors tried to subject her to the uh, good old-fashioned casting couch, which she was very much against. She had no Mm -hmm. issue speaking out about any of the people who tried to make her do that, and she always said no. They would literally, like, she'd come into an audition, and they would be like, give me a blowjob or we're going to blacklist you and you'll never work in Hollywood again. Wow. And, like, they'd try to scare her into doing sexual favors for them, and she'd be like, fuck you, no, and walk out. Good. And, and so she was never actually blacklisted, and um, they just would always threaten her. And that's something, unfortunately, that, that does happen and still happens, actually. When I was 18, I've never had anyone, like, try to have me get to do sexual favors, but I got hypothermia on set when I was 18, because um, I was told that if I tried to leave, I would be blacklisted, and I believed them, which is stupid. Mm. I would not have been blacklisted. It was a stupid-ass VH1 shoot. Like, no one cares about yeah. VH1. It was some show that, like, Queen Latifah or whoever was, like, a producer for, but she wasn't, like, actually there. Because I'm sure if they were, they'd be fucking furious with how the set was run. I started vomiting from how sick I was from hypothermia Jeez. because they refused to accommodate proper wardrobe for me for the weather. That's and, insane. Like, and that's that's a thing that fucking still happens. Like, people will empty threat blacklist you all the time just to get you to do things you normally wouldn't for fear of never making it in your dream career. Um, so fucking good on her for not doing it, because unfortunately, a lot of women at the time, which Marilyn Monroe is one of them, did do those things. Right. You know? It it is what it is. Good on her for also being vocal about it. She didn't keep quiet about it. She'd call him out and be like, this guy's a piece of shit. This is what he does to She was ahead of her time. Yeah, I really like her. 
She said she, quote, refused to entertain producers at parties as well. Like, they wouldn't do it during an audition, but they'd try to, like, get her to hook up with them at a party or something. (laughs) Gross. And stuff like that. Um, Gross. (laughs) With that being said, uh, her personality, she was known as a fun-loving party girl. So it's also very possible all these men saw that and thought that she would be, like, an easy victim or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she loved to go out and have a good time. Her signature drink was three fingers of rye, which is a fucking strong ass drink. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And And that's it. That's just it. (laughs) Just three. Yeah, there's nothing else in it. No ice, no nothing. Um, she was very sexually open with men and just an overall big feminist, which I just love. Like, she didn't feel the need to, like, hide that she was sexually open. She, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she just kind of did what she wanted and was just like, yeah, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Like, fuck off. Right. I'm not an idiot because I live my life. And she, after a while in the industry, she was just super sick of people only liking her for her looks, which is why I think she specifically wanted to be a comedic actress and not a dramatic actress. Mm-hmm. because it takes, you know, it takes intelligence to be funny. You yeah. Know? I'm not, not that it doesn't take intelligence to be, you know, a dramatic actress. It's just everyone has emotion. Not everyone is funny. Mm-hmm. Is kind of how I view that. And um, one time in an interview, she said, building on beauty seems to be the worst thing any girl could do. In 1934, <laughs> uh, so 10 years later, she opened up her own successful restaurant, Thelma Todd's Sidewalk Cafe, and her business partners were movie director slash producer Roland West and his wife, who was another silent film actress named Jewel Carmen, which was an odd choice for business partners considering Roland and Thelma had been having an on-again, off-again affair for the last three years, all the while he was married to Jewel. Mm. So that's weird. That's just weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. So when I first read that, I thought maybe they were polyamorous. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, that's not the case. Turns out he was straight up cheating on his wife with Thelma. And they mm-hmm. were on again, off again, cheating on each other. And then wow. at the end of that affair... The three of them all decided it'd be a great idea to open a restaurant together. (laughs) (laughs) Did they never get busted or? Uh, no. Here's the weird part. Jewel knew about the affair. Oh, so she was just like. She knew about it. She was just like. She's cool. I understand. (laughs) Well, that tells me Jewel doesn't. Personally, that tells me Jewel doesn't actually care that much about her husband. Yeah. And that it was kind of like a political marriage in the sense that, like, maybe she was just kind of there to get ahead in her own career because he was yeah, such maybe, cause he was just he there was like a, He was a big-time movie director and producer. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Yeah, um, it checks out. What's also weird to me is uh, Thelma Todd, she kept her own – so she lived the, above the cafe. Like, she bought a – it was a three-story building. The bottom floor was the cafe, and mm-hmm. she lived on the second floor above it. But so did Roland and Jewel, with only a single drawing room separating their two apartment units. 
Ugh. On top of that being weird, Roland West and Jewel Carmen had their own house literally 500 yards away from the cafe. Okay. Like walking distance. So they had a big old fancy house in the hills and 500 yards down the walkway. They have an apartment with their own restaurant with his mistress living there. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta keep them close, right? <laughs> it's just such a weird setup that I was like, yeah. um, okay. So here's where, unfortunately, it gets sad and serious. Um, on Saturday, December 14th, 1935, Todd attended a party in her honor at Cafe Trocadero, which was a popular nightclub on the Hollywood Strip, like the Sunset Boulevard Strip. Um, all attendees said, like, everyone who attended, who had, you know, later told police and whatnot, that Todd had had a great time and there was seemingly no drama at all. Todd even joked with her friends that she bet they won't come the next day to her cafe for a free dinner, Mm -hmm. which I guess was a weird joke of saying, hey, come to my cafe tomorrow night for a free dinner. I, I don't know. People talk. Bet you won't. <laughs> Bet you won't come by my cafe tomorrow for a free dinner. I don't know why I made her Southern. I'm sure she talked like Mae West, like, but they won't come by my cafe tomorrow for a free dinner, eh? Hey, come yeah, see me sometime, eh? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, uh, Roland West had asked her to be home by 2 a.m., which just gives me weird creepy daddy vibes. Yeah, like, uh, be home by this time. Like, bitch, this party is being thrown for me. I'm gonna come home when I fucking want. Yeah, you can't tell me what to fucking do. Like, you're not even my husband. You're not even my boyfriend. Like, I'm your mistress. Like, fuck off. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what even? So, at 1.50 a.m., She was still at the party, living her best life, and she asked her friend Sig Grauman, who was a theater manager, to call West and inform him that she was coming soon, which ended up being a total lie, because (laughs) she ended up staying at the party until 3.15 a.m., like you do. Right. And uh, she actually didn't end up back at the cafe until finally somewhere between... 3.30 a.m. and 4.20 a.m. That's what her driver said because her driver took her from the party home and it was somewhere between 3.30 and 4.30. Mm -hmm. So that was a Saturday. The next day, Sunday night, her friends, who she joked with, came to the cafe to, you know, claim their free dinner. And even though Todd was nowhere to be seen, she wasn't in the cafe, she didn't show up, she didn't answer, their meals were comped anyways. So okay. whoever was working there, I guess, knew. knew about it. And the following Monday, after Sunday, December 16th, a maid at Roland West's house, the one that's 500 yards from the cafe, mm-hmm. she opened the garage and found Todd dead at the steering wheel in her car parked at his house. Apparently, that's where she kept her car parked, what the maid would do. Monday morning, she would get that car ready and take it down to the cafe for Todd to have, to, like, get ready. So she would, like, get the car ready, like, for her. Uh, Okay. They just had this weird 
I don't know. She just kept her car in his garage for some reason. So when she found her dead body, uh, Todd had a broken nose and two cracked ribs. And her obituary, in my opinion, is kind of brutal for an obituary. And it described the scene as coagulated blood marred the screen comedian's features. Actually, I want to do it in like an accent. Coagulated blood marred the screen comedian's features and stained her mauve and silver evening gown and her expensive mink coat when she was found. Her blonde locks pathetically awry in the front seat of her automobile in the garage of Roland West. Gross. It's a lot of gross details that no one needs. Yeah, she's found dead in the car. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, right. So she's found dead in a car. The car is on. Her nose is broken and her ribs are broken. But the official grand jury verdict is that she died of accidental carbon monoxide poisoning? Mm. Um, I think not. I don't fucking think this was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? I think it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Here's where we get to all of the theories of what the fuck happened, because this is an unsolved case, and this is the part I have fun with. So, they got to this conclusion, because it's assumed she just must have locked herself out of her apartment and was cold, So she walked up the 500 yards to get into the car in the garage, closed the garage door, and turned on the car to stay warm, not realizing the carbon monoxide would poison her because she's just not that smart. Mm. Which, no. Right, doesn't check out. No. And we're going to get to that. So the autopsy showed that the time of her death was most likely about 5 a.m. Sunday, which literally only would have been two hours after she left the party at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. She did technically die of monoxide poisoning to the extent that 70% of her blood was saturated. Mm. Um, but that doesn't explain why her nose and ribs are broken. Theoretically, she could have broken her nose as she slumped into the steering wheel because steering wheels back then were, like, way more heavy-duty than they are now. They were, like, right. metal and shit. Um, So, like, it is possible that she breathed in enough carbon monoxide that she, like, passed out and slumped forward and banged her head against the steering wheel and broke it. But that still doesn't explain how the fuck she got two cracked ribs. And it's, mind you, it is not easy to break your ribs. It takes a Mm -hmm. lot of force to break your ribs. You don't just, like, oops, fall and, like, break your ribs. (laughs) Whoops-a-doodle! I think it's stupid to have them assume she's just unaware about carbon monoxide poisoning because one of the things she was known for, she had a big interest in cars. She really liked cars and was publicly known for it. And at that time, the media had a campaign going to warn people about the dangers of carbon monoxide because cars are still technically new to society. And so I'm sure there had been a lot of accidental deaths of carbon monoxide in the 20s, you know, when they're finally mass-producing cars and it's becoming a more common thing to have. But by this time in 1935, like, all of the radios and the newspapers are saying, explaining the extreme dangers of carbon monoxide. And as someone as famous as her with such an interest in cars, there's just no way I realistically believe she didn't know. 
Right. So I just don't buy that. Also, her being in West's garage, I kind of think is weird in general. I get that her car was there, but whatever. It's also weird because he was home. I mean, if it were me, I would bang on the door until they wake up and, like, fucking let me in, you know? Right. So she... I feel like more than anything, the broken ribs are a very telling sign. Me too. I agree. So the jury was all like, yeah, no, she's just... She just was dropped off where she lives, but decided to hike up the hill in an evening gown and high heels and go sit in her business partner's garage and turn the car on with the garage closed. I would at least have left the garage open. Like, don't close Mm -hmm. the garage. When they decided this might have been a possibility, they inspected her shoes, which showed no sign of her making that walk. Um, Mm -hmm. The ground was damp at the time, and there was no dirt on her shoes. Uh, there are no scuffs, no watermarks on her shoes that would indicate that she made the walk there at all. And her feet weren't dirty, so it's not like she took the shoes off and put them back on. And her hair was also still very neatly styled, and apparently the night she died, it was super fucking windy out. So for her to make the walk, it had... It- so all these things don't check out till she walked. Yeah, like, there's just... They don't check out. They just don't. Another reason why people might have thought she walked in the high heels is they thought maybe she fell on the uneven ground and cracked her ribs on the way. But mm. it just... It just That'd be a hard-ass fall. Yeah. As, as somebody who has fallen in heels plenty of times, let me tell you, I've never broke a rib. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I have never broken my ribs either, let me tell you. So, uh, Roland West, in court, made a statement that he thinks that all of Todd's actions were just weird and suspicious in general, and he said that she has actually gotten locked out of her apartment before and has never attempted to sleep in his garage or her car, and um, he mentioned that, you know, she had to have been fully aware that she could have woken him up at any time, considering she has literally done that before. To the point to where she one time broke a window in his house to get his attention. Mm-hmm. Which, my only statement about that in her defense, if she did all of a sudden decide to not do that, is if I had broken the window of someone's house to get their attention just to get me into my apartment that I locked myself out of, imagine doing that today. That's fucking dramatic as shit. Yeah, and I can't imagine that person was happy about it. Yeah, so if it were me and I had done that and then all of a sudden I locked myself out of my apartment again, I would be like, okay, Katie, we're not going to do what we did last time. We're not going to break the fucking window. We're yeah, I would fun. actively be like, let's find a new solution <laughs> that isn't as dramatic. Right. Think it through. <laughs> and then come up with something that's equally dramatic but not the same. But not the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> because exactly. <you're> <laughs> right. And back then, this bitch don't got no phone. So she's just like, well, fuck. I mean, if she's locked out, I... Uh, oh, but here's the just thing. It doesn't check out. <laughs> it just doesn't. Oh, shit. Thank you for the sub. All right. So anyways, what's funny is we've spent way too long on this theory that we're absolutely going to throw out the window pretty soon. Roland West, yes, made a statement that it was weird. She had broken a window before, and now we're going over all the things we would change in our erratic behavior. (laughs) However, being locked out of her apartment 
as a theory is a thousand percent not what the fuck happened because they discovered her apartment key and her fucking purse. Okay. So she wasn't locked out of her apartment. So she had full access. So they spent way too long on this theory. As in, like we just did. Like we just did. <laughs> but we probably spent less time on this theory than they did. Because they were like, she's that stupid. That she didn't mm-hmm. know she had a key. They were like, oh, right. she's just so drunk. She's just so dumb. These girls these days, they're just la 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 di la Which is so insulting. Yeah, it's really. It's so cool, insulting. Like, come on. So what's even weirder is that one of Thelma's friends, Martha Ford, literally received a phone call Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. from Thelma saying that she was coming over with a surprise guest and that she was still in her evening clothes and if that was okay, which just makes zero sense because Thelma was literally dead for 11 hours at that point, like, based off of the autopsy report. Mm Mm-hmm. Ford told the paper, I've known Todd for years, and I couldn't be mistaken. She said that she was positive beyond all question that it was Thelma on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, phone records say that no calls were made from Todd's property that day. Like That's not to say she couldn't call from elsewhere, but it just doesn't make sense. So in my opinion, I chalk that up to this is a case that's getting publicity, and she wants in on that publicity because it's Hollywood and that's how people thrived back then, you know, yeah. word of mouth, being in the paper, being relevant to the times. It's stupid, and I wouldn't put it past someone to do that. Another weird thing is that peas and carrots were found in her stomach during the autopsy, which wasn't served at the party, and had just started digesting at the time of her death, meaning that... Between 3 a.m. when she left the party and 5 a.m. when she was dead, she went somewhere and ate peas and carrots. Also doesn't add up to the story of her being locked out and walking to the garage. Have they not completely thrown away that idea yet? The grand jury never did because it's an unsolved case and they just chalked it up to that. That's what they overall decided. I don't. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, It's insulting. I obviously... Actually, not I. All of us. It's pretty fucking clear that's not what happened. All the evidence mm-hmm. suggests everything otherwise. But okay. So yeah, it suggests that there might have been a third location. Mm-hmm. Like she was dropped off. Maybe someone picked her up, took her somewhere. She ate peas and carrots, came back, and they killed her. See, what it sounds like to me is like she got home, ate some peas and carrots, and what's his fuck showed up. And got all pissy at her for not coming home sooner. But there's no evidence of her entering the restaurant. So, like, Mm. there's there's no evidence she went into her apartment. Okay. So he probably picked her up there. So there would have been a third location. Or somebody picked her up there. Yeah, Yeah. like, there's no evidence suggesting that she went inside her restaurant or her apartment to Mm -hmm. eat these peas and carrots. I'm sure they had to have looked at both the restaurant and where she lived to like so we gotta track down all the places where peas and carrots were at the time of death (laughs) within 
certain size, certain mileage. Like, and how far can you get in the twenties? Not very far. <laughs> like three miles. <laughs> and they absolutely determined there were no peas and carrots at this nightclub, because that would be a weird thing to have in a nightclub. That would be a very weird. Thing. But to be fair, there was a mac and cheese night at a food or. At uh, Ibar in Orlando. Mac and, and, cheese mac and cheese is not as weird as peas and carrots. Mac and cheese Isn't is it? it's a drunk <laughs> food. When you're drunk, you All feel right, like yeah, that's, that's if fair. I'm drunk, vegetables at a bar doesn't make The southern make bitch that I am, I would be like, I need mac and cheese with barbecue sauce. With like, barbecue? What? Yes, mac and cheese with barbecue sauce and like pil- pulled pork. So good. It's so good. On the side? Together. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm scared for my life now. Give me mac and cheese. <laughs> put some pulled pork on it. Smother the whole thing in barbecue sauce. So good. Hmm. Whatever. You're not from. We'll Georgia. come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Sully mac and cheese like that. <laughs> Whoa! I'm sorry. You mean upgrade mac and cheese? Excuse mm. you. Also, sweet we'll barbecue sauce. I'm talking about sweet barbecue sauce, not spicy. Sweet barbecue sauce. I don't. I still think that's strange. It's so good. All I need is my mac and cheese is mac, and then some cheese. No, that's that's child's play. And then like different kinds of cheeses. That's fucking child's Five play. Five cheese. Five cheeses and barbecue sauce. Don't fuck with me. Anyway, so um, yeah, peas and carrots are in her stomach. So the next theory, that's theory number one, is that she's just some dumbass who accidentally killed herself. I'm not buying it. No one should buy it. They never should have bought it. Which tells me someone might have been paying someone off or something. Mm-hmm. I just can't help but feel like something had to have halted that investigation for them to be like, oh, it was an accident. Let's all go home. Right. There's just too like much evidence money. to suggest otherwise. So, yeah. The next theory, which... Again, I'm not buying, but I don't know. Is suicide that she purposefully killed herself in her, like, ex-lover's house and whatever? But here's multiple reasons that suggest potentially otherwise. But again, you never know how depressed or upset someone is. She was very successful at the time. She had just opened a very successful restaurant. She had just signed a contract for a new big film, and the trunk of her car was full of Christmas presents for family and friends, meaning she was intending on seeing those people and giving them their gifts. Because this is, right, this is December right before Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. And a friend at the party Uh, said that Todd mentioned she was newly involved with a man in San Francisco, insinuating she had just started a new relationship. That's a weird time to kill yourself. Yeah, that's an exciting time. Yeah, it's an exciting time. And something about me tells me she doesn't exactly, like, settle romantically. Mm -hmm. So I don't... It just... The idea of suicide just makes her seem petty and pathetic and i don't like that or accept it i don't know um, also why would you break your own rib yeah right exactly that's the other part is even if it's suicide how did you break your own ribs yeah. and nose like if you're gonna kill yourself you don't break your ribs and nose you just sit. you don't want it to be painful i don't think you just sit in the carbon monoxide and die yeah i feel you like a method. i feel like someone 
punched her in the face to knock her out, set her, and, like, they beat her up, they roughed her up, maybe, you know, there was a struggle, she fought back, she got her ribs cracked, they punched her in the face, trying to knock her out, to set her in the car, to try to set up a carbon monoxide suicide look. That's my theory. What about the pee? Well, they took her to dinner first, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously. Maybe she got. Maybe she walked somewhere. I don't know. I have no I, I idea. Just, I, I don't know. Don't. Those peas and carrots are really throwing me for a loop. I know. <laughs> so the third and, and most obvious theory is that she was fucking murdered. Yeah, um, obviously. First suspect of many is Roland West, her on again, off again lover turned business partner. Rumor mill had it that he was a really jealous guy. Also, part of the rumor mill was that they opened the restaurant so that they could spend more time together, but try to make it look professional. I know we were together, but we're just friends now. And it is... This is all speculation. So it's just... Just throwing shit at the wall. It is possible that she was seeing a guy in San Fran and that he got jealous about it. Um, Also, evidence that suggests maybe he killed her is on his deathbed. He admitted to being responsible for her death, but what he admitted to was accidentally locking her in the garage. Uh, and okay. Uh, on top of that, his version of what happened that night were also just kind of full of inconsistencies and contradictions, and he could never keep his story straight. Oh, uh, well, then that guy might have just wanted his like five minutes of fame. Well, no, he already was famous. He's oh. a movie he's a movie director producer. Whoops. Well, that holds no water then. I don't it know. Doesn't. Maybe... It doesn't. So He then... just he was like, I'm gonna come clean, but only just one part. Wait, but that doesn't check out, so maybe I'll change it. Anyways, change I'm dead again, now, got away with it. it. Bye, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like the Zodiac killer. Yeah. So suspect number two is Jewel Carmen, the wife of Roland West. I honestly never considered her, and I don't know why. Well, it's because it's weird that she went into business with her husband and his known mistress. That's fucking weird. That's some... Hey, keep your friends close. Right, but that's, like, American Horror Story level weird of, like, that wouldn't happen, but here it is happening. She publicly claimed that she had zero resentment towards her husband's affair with Todd. However, it is possible she did have resentment towards Todd herself for being frugal with uh, the money at the restaurant. Um, The Chicago Tribune, which I don't know how valid that is of a paper, honestly. I don't know anything about them. They printed a story saying that Carmen threatened to kill Todd, which in my opinion was probably an empty threat, for squandering money at the restaurant. Meaning she was just kind of like la-di-da with their money that they made as a trio within their business. But besides a potential motive, there's just no physical evidence saying that she was involved in her death at all. So they just can't consider her guilty because there's just... There's nothing else there. There's nothing else there outside of a potential motive. But hot there. Yeah. That's all they got. So suspect number three which is a interesting suspect, is maybe her ex-husband, the abusive Pat uh, DeSico. 
He mm. literally described himself as an agent with underworld connections, which just tells me he's a fucking doofus. That tells me that he's on drugs. It tells me he's a fucking idiot to be like, yeah, I'm an agent with underworld connections. That tells me, like, maybe you went to high school with a dude who is now in the mob who you, like, saw once at the grocery store. Like, that But he's, like, your best friend now. But, like, you just... Like, it doesn't... <laughs> it's like, oh, my uncle is in the mob, but we're estranged and don't talk anymore, but my uncle's in the mob, so, like, I'm sure he would, like, help out. Like, it just sounds like you're a fucking idiot. Because who says mm-hmm. that? I don't know. He's said to have had a violent temper, and his second wife, Glorious Vanderbilt, described him as a brute with a bad temper who would physically abuse her when he was drunk. Todd and DeSico ran into each other at that party the night of her death, and Mm. those who witnessed the interaction said it seemed to be very heated, and when he was summoned to testify, he said he hadn't heard about Todd's death at all at that point. Like, he just hadn't heard about it. Also call bullshit on that because she was... It would be like if Emma Stone died. Like, we would all hear about it. Yeah. You know, like, she's not... Like, she's a... Like, her, Anna Kendrick, they're famous enough... They're not Julia Roberts, but, like, they're famous enough where we would all hear about it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, by the way, I watched A Simple Favor today. It's so good! I know, I love it's that movie so much. so good. Um, Brendan loved it, too. <laughs> also, which I think this is just a hilarious detail, in Todd's will... Which mm-hmm. had not been updated at all since they were married, meaning she got she wrote this will while she was married to Pat DeSico. She left him exactly one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Some Taylor Taylor Swift shit. It's <laughs> just ah, so good. It's just so good. Um, also on top of that, there's a little detail I missed is that the night of the party. Thelma received a note, and this is, I don't know if this has a lot of validity, like, if this is valid or not, but people claim she received an anonymous letter that really upset her, but no one knows who it was from or what it said. That sounds very movie-esque. It does, and also- I'm gonna need people to hop off their drama train. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's the 30s. They're bored. They don't even I have mean, sound in their movies. Honestly, after this quarantine, I kind of get it. How, <laughs> what's funny to me is how weird is it that there uh, there is a deck. There are two solid. There's a there's two solid decades of life where our two forms are silent moving pictures and just audio from radio. Mm-hmm. Like, did no one ever be like, let's time it to have them together? Yeah. What? Like, where was that thought process? They, they're just like. One thing I think would be really funny, though, if I was a silent film actress, is I would go to theaters where my movies would be played and dub it as it's happening. Just talk over the movie? Yeah! I'm so love you! Don't let go! Never let go! 
you're just like this crazy bitch, but she knows every word. How many times has she seen this movie? <laughs> I thought it just came out. That's just oh oh oh, and another another just minute detail that was said is that the driver said that when he drove her home, she was unusually quiet and seemed kind of upset, but didn't say anything. And that she actually normally asks her driver to walk her to her door, but she didn't do that that night. And so she, she knew the boogeyman was coming. So he never witnessed her going into her place. So, which tells me that she, here is a personal theory that isn't written down here. And then I'll get to the very last theory. My personal theory is if the note is a thing, and if she did go somewhere else, is that she received some sort of note that caused her to understand that someone was coming to her restaurant to come talk to her or pick her up or something, right? Mm -hmm. Which makes sense why she would be so late to going home because she's trying to put it off. That's right. what I would do. If it's, all, it's a, if it's a conversation I don't want to have... I'll I'm, put it off for as long as fucking possible. I'm going to put it off, but I'm sure at yeah. 3 a.m. that party is dying, and you're there as long as you could. And you're been. like, I, uh, fuck, like, all I can do is help them with the dishes now, which I have done. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it's possible whoever sent this message, she got to her place knowing Maybe they threatened to break into her place if she didn't comply with going with them. So she never entered her house because of that. They took her somewhere as kind of like a cordial Breaking Bad, like, we're eating, but this is life or death situation. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and they kill her. And they try to pawn it off and make it either look like a suicide or make it look like, what's his face killed her? I -hmm. don't know. Or maybe he, maybe it was him because he wanted her home by two and she wasn't home by two. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know because the I wanted to be on the whole he did it train, but like he sounded like he had a sweet setup. Yeah, it doesn't sound like like he gets to hang out with his mistress and his wife. Yeah, like he had nothing to gain from her dying. It doesn't sound like unless there's. Something that's so, missing from the story. So the final theory, which was just rumor mill of the times, it's just a big uh, what's the, conspiracy theory, is that uh, the big mobster at the time, Lucky Luciano, had put a hit out on her. Have you heard of Lucky Luciano? No. Okay, I kind of want to have like a mobster... Mafia. I'm episode. sure there's a mafia. A ton of mafia. This dude has about. been involved in so much shit. It's ridiculous. But Lucky Luciano, there's a rumor going around that he had put a hit out on her. So earlier in 1935, so she died December of 1935. Earlier that year, she received eight letters threatening her life if she didn't pay $10,000 signed by quote unquote Ace of Hearts. No one knows who it was. No one knows what it was about. No one knows what she might have been. They didn't know if she's being blackmailed or what. Mm. And she, like, reported the letters. Uh, she personally was convinced it was the mob. And that's what she was telling in the police. And they had a couple suspects. One of the suspects was arrested in August of 
1935, and he wasn't arrested for the letters. He was arrested for a different crime. But after his arrest, the letters stopped. So Mm. if you want to correlate that, sure. Or it's very possible whoever was writing them wanted them to believe it was him to give a sense of false security. But the whole time, Todd was convinced that the whole ordeal was mob-related. A lot of people speculate that Luciano had wanted to set up a a casino on the third floor of her restaurant, but she refused. And many think that this is why he wanted her killed, is because she wouldn't agree to what he wanted. So the theory is, is that after she was dropped off, a random mobster dude picked her up, took her out, they had some sort of conversation that ended up in him attacking her, killing her, and dropping her off in the garage. I do believe she died in the garage. I would believe my theory where he, like, knocked her out and then, like, put her in there to turn the car on so she would die knocked out of carbon monoxide. That makes the most sense to me. Also, right after her death, Lucky Luciano abruptly left L.A. and never came back. But the other issue with this theory is that it's all speculation and there is no evidence that suggests that the two have ever actually met and had that conversation. Also, sources are pretty limited. They are. At the time. They are pretty limited, but somehow that just, rumor... What is it? Just like eyewitness and... It's like eyewitness testimony and like... Minimal physical evidence? Yeah. I, I get how that theory at the time would have been really exciting considering just how big the mob was at the time and mm-hmm. how well-known mobsters were. Like, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, I can't think, I can't imagine living in a time, I get it. I mean, our politicians are, you know, criminals. But, yeah, I mean, like, someone who isn't a politician being a well-known criminal getting away with shit and we all know who they are. That's weird to think about. But somehow they're working with some sort of local police or working with someone where they're just not getting arrested or getting arrested and getting out immediately. And I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, po- politicians doing shady shit, everybody knowing, and still getting away with it, but I'm I might direct about, you to... Huh? You're going to direct me to what? I might direct you to uh, our president. Well, <laughs> yeah. But I'm talking about people who aren't in politics. In my opinion, it's mostly politicians blatantly getting away with crimes. Well, you know, politicians and celebrities. But Lucky Luciano is mostly famous for just being a mobster, not for being a politician or, like, a film star or musician. Right, but I feel like mobsters kind of held a certain kind of celebrity status. At the time, I'm sure they did. It's yeah. Not like, it's not like we hear about the mob today. Actually, there's a reality show coming out about kids of the mob, which makes no sense to me. Have you ever seen Mafia Wives? Or Yeah, I think it was Mafia Wives. That makes no sense to me because isn't the whole point of the mafia and the mob is that they're running illegal activities? Why would okay, that be a reality here's show? The thing. Here's the thing, though. Their husbands are already in jail. Oh. Yeah. Dude, it was the most crazy show i was watching it was like on vh1 i think at the time it was vh1 or mtv but they were playing that shit and it was like if i showed you this woman you would recognize her from a from a meme is it the cat table meme 
No, let me fucking show you. Did you see this woman. the explanation of people being upset over the table cat meme? Because the woman who's upset is apparently an upset woman um, confronting an abuser or attacker or something. And they're like, it's really fucked up that we're using this woman upset and just emotion in a comedic meme form. And I'm just Sorry, like... Sorry, say that again? Apparently... The woman, you know, table cat, the upset white yeah, yeah, cat, yeah, okay. yeah, and the woman who's just like the blonde woman. Yeah, right. I saw a post one time. <laughs> I saw a post one time, um, where apparently they were saying it's really fucked up that we use that screenshot of that woman for that meme because apparently that is a screenshot of her confronting an abuser. Uh, of some sort, and that she is just in her emotion within that moment, and that right. it's fucked up that we use it for comedic reasons. Yeah, as an upset white woman or something. I yeah, I feel like I would be upset about that. I would be I feel too. Like we all would. I'm gonna look it up. Table cat woman meme. I sent you the mobs, mob Who wives the lady in the cat meme? It's the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills stars Taylor Armstrong and Kyle Richards arguing with the snarky. Okay. Who is she yelling at? Tell me. I get it. It's it's an upset cat named Smudge. Yeah. Okay. It is about abuse. Uh, in this case, the meme is taken from a surprisingly dark moment in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where Armstrong confides in a fellow cast member about the abuse she faced at the hands of her late husband. Said cast member was later caught gossiping about the abuse to other women on the show, sparking <gasps> that moment known as Taylor's Meltdown. Oh, boy. So she was confronting a woman gossiping about was her abuse. Yeah. Which it Damn. isn't really fucked up, but God, is it a strong It's a solid screenshot. meme, though. When you compare it with a cat and you don't know the, the situation. Here's the thing, though. If my meltdown is going to be associated with anything, I want it to be with a cat. Me too! And it's not like it's really used bad. Like, I get, I but like, it now sucks. that I know, like, because you look at it and you're like, oh, it's just real housewives, but it's like, a lot of those people, regardless of their situation, do get in abusive situations, and it doesn't yeah. hurt them any less as it would you. Well, we've sidebarred super hard. Oh my god, <laughs> this is, like, sidebar the episode. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's the quarantine, man, it's getting to us. Yeah, you cut out at the end there, but I know what you said. Yeah, we actually have been going on way longer than anticipated. This might be the longest episode yet. I I don't know. I feel like the past few that we've been doing this, like since quarantine, I would say those are probably our longest episodes because we just I don't need see interaction. You I don't talk yeah. to you regularly anymore. We're used to like living together. It's like very difficult. I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, it's, I'm... it's a hard world. It's starting to get to me. Oh, yeah. So I think it's starting to get to everyone. I'm going to go ahead and end the episode, but I can continue talking to you if you want. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. But uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, this has been, I guess, Celebrity Crimes. I don't know. Crimes it's involving awesome celebrities. Our city. It's also been Sidebar City. I'm going to include that in the title. Celebrity Crimes and Sidebar yeah. City. 
Thank you guys so much, and keep it creepy, and stay home. Yeah, stay home, wash your hands. Don't touch Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash coronamacabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.